to Moving Iron Podcast. This is the Wednesday show number five, I believe. Uh, got my good buddy Brent Carlson from the Dryland Farm Podcast on here. Brent, how you doing, bud? Not too bad. I just got to the state, I got back from the state fair, and man, are my eyes tired. <laughs> those those <laughs> events always bring out a great cross-section of humanity when you when you go sit back and actually just people watch at those things. It's it's a cross-section of something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> humanity is getting pretty uh, prestigious for that outfit. That's probably a good point. Well, Brent, t- tell people about uh, Dryland Farmer Podcast and where they can find it. Well, Dryland Farmer Podcast is a whole bunch of nonsense. I got a good buddy, Landon Nolan. He's my co-host, and um, we do we try to do one every week uh, during harvest season. It's a little tougher, but I just turned my volume up here, so now I hear myself, which is awful. But yeah, so we we usually try to drop them every Wednesday. We uh, talk about really anything we find you know, pretty ridiculous or otherwise, or we just try to make something up. And, um, you know, like I said, some of it, we do a little ag talk, but it's like non-serious ag talk. Like for instance, I think one of our best ones was the clean and jerk episode. And, um, everybody knows that one by heart, I think. So it's, it's, it's not what you think, but it kind of is. Uh, so that's been a couple months ago, but yeah, it's a great place. And we we're on the global ag network just, or the, yeah. Global Ag Network, just like the KC is, and um, find us at Trader Brent. That's where you can find me when I drop it, and Landon will retweet it at no twit Landon forty four, and it's of course on iTunes and the fourteen point seven billion other uh, avenues that you can find your podcast, along with the fourteen billion other podcasts you can choose from. Yeah, there's something like I think Apple has a. Uh, last time I looked, there's something saw a report. There's six hundred thousand podcasts on on Apple iTunes, so. Wow. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty legit. It's a few, and and half of them are ag, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or half of them are ag, and half of them are true crime or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the other thing. Um, yeah, it's pretty nice. So pretty nice stuff. You can find the Moving Iron Podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, all the places you can find uh, your podcast. Also, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can find us all there, and I try to release. Uh, podcast um i do about three or four a week that kind of gives me a, a i guess a, a good a good cross section and it's stuff like brent and i do here where we just kind of have a our own light spin on, on what we're doing here uh, uh we see happen in the in the ag market uh, that's kind of what we do here on wednesdays and then check out all the other stuff that i do throughout the week so without further ado brent what's uh what's on your mind today buddy well first of all i want to know how in the hell do you do three to four episodes a week now they're just short. That's what I want to know. They're just short. And they don't, huh? they don't they're just short. They don't require a lot. I just do uh I got great great uh guests. They they kind of carry the show for me. Well, yeah, that's true. Now I can see that. You just hit the plug, record button. Yep, I hit go and then they take off and it's it's gold from there. <laughs> Word, comedy gold. Yeah, well, down here in our way, we uh we've got one circle of corn left, but it's probably not going to be ready for another week. So, we switched all the combines over to Milo, and we're into the Milo harvest now, which the Milo is kind of a secondary deal because 
most all of the milo we have is behind our failed cotton that got, believe it or not, drowned out and froze out and colded out back in late May, early June. So uh, we're getting into the milo now. We've already got probably half of it done, which we can get through pretty fast. But because we've got great equipment from our great equipment dealers. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right on. Keep it real, bro. We maintain it ourselves. No, no. Like yesterday, uh, I almost called you, Landon. Yesterday, Casey, we've got uh, was what on our eighty ten, our eighty ten, I believe. The uh, sieves and the um, the sieves and the concaves wouldn't move. You know, it's all controllable from the cab now. Uh, well, I guess for several years, but uh, nothing would move, and uh, so we had to get our guy come out. He had to replace like a, he had to take the motor off the concave. Uh, uh, um, the actuator the deal and it's all, yeah. yeah actuator there you go yeah. and uh, the concave that gear was all froze up so they fr- uh, freed it uh, got it going again and i think he had to switch out i don't know if he had a i don't think he spliced wires or something we my one of my brothers and i we were both at the shop putting cotton cotton equipment together so we weren't in on it but um they got it they got it going and um that was that's my uh moving iron equipment minute I need a, I need a jingle by the way. You need to put that on the I'll get one. I get one. I get one drawn up for you here. All right, thank you. Get the Talbot brothers on that shit. Yeah. I get, okay. Get them on it. <coughs> anyway, them on so it. yeah, we're uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're getting in the Milo. Uh, you know, it's pretty. It's fair at best, which no more uh, inputs that got it put into it. It's uh, kind of what you'd expect. You know, got a little dry land that made a couple thousand pounds, but we're uh, getting into some really good stuff now here that we move closer to town. You know, it's in that maybe close to six, 7,000 pound range. So uh, a lot stouter. So we're trying to get it hauled off before we uh, go to the cotton. We could actually probably start stripping cotton today if we wanted to. It's um, We had a good hard freeze back. Oh, is that uh, Annie M getting back in for the tornado shows up? Yeah, or what? that was it. That's who that was. Yep. <laughs> is, is Dorothy hiding under the bed behind you? <laughs> Turn your camera back on. I want to see if Dorothy's under the bed. <laughs> that, was, that, was the, uh, that was the ghost that haunts my basement. Known as my oh, kids okay. trying to get in here. Yeah. Oh man! So anyway, we uh, we got the module builders put together and the bowl buggy, and we had to. So we had the uh, cotton stripper. We had to take a panel off the back of the basket because uh, one of the veins, the packing veins, was broke. Um, was broke, so we had to pull it out and weld it back together. And um, so we thought we might strip some cotton yesterday. Of course, that never happens. You never get it done on the first day. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, got all that equipment going. I think maybe we'll pull some uh, bowls off of the uh, plant maybe this afternoon if we can but um, it's gonna get kind of nasty tomorrow probably i don't know it might be too windy to even try to strip cotton tomorrow but we're even talk- they're talking flurries down here in the texas panhandle so uh that's not too conducive to anything cotton harvest you really don't even want a whole bunch of wind because it's hard because we're too cheap because we're not going to buy the baler so we've got the buggy and the builder and the stripper and um you know, go yep. town on that. So got that going. And like I said, I got back from the state fair. So I missed out on a little corn harvest, which is all right, because you know, who needs that? It's just the most important time of the year. So, um, did that and saw a, like you say, a cross section of this was, this wasn't like we were in San Francisco or even Austin or even like New York. This was Dallas, Texas, the heart of red country. And apparently we were in some mirage of blue, because this state fair was full of the most unique personalities you've ever seen in your life. I told Casey before I start, we started recording that um, all I did was sit at the livestock stalls after we got done showing and working on a wrap, a state fair wrap. And all I did was write down what I saw. And it literally wrote itself. 
Yep. So that would be the offing. Um, hopefully sometime soon. And I don't know how many times we listened to Old Town Road on the way back from Dallas, but it was a bunch. And it's, it's, it's a pretty hard song to turn off. You do like it, I'm sure. I've listened to it once or twice. Once for or sure. twice or a thousand times. <laughs> no, yeah. about yeah. once or twice. That's about it. Oh, all right. All right. Well, so that's what's going on down here in the farm. We actually started weaning some calves off of cows, so we're doing that in the livestock realm. And, uh, yeah, that kind of catches me up on what I'm doing. Well, a lot of stuff going on, and kind of leads me into our, our next topic here that I want to throw out there. So uh, African swine fever has done a, done a number on the, the Chinese pork herd. And um, they have uh, pretty much have rationed out pork, and it is getting to be pretty expensive. What was that number you came up with? One kilogram was ten bucks or something like that. One kilogram is ten dollars, and one kilogram equals two point two pounds. So, yep. not quite five dollars a pound. Right. So. And what are pork producers getting per pound on a fat hog? I think I they're aren't they giving it away still? Isn't it? Isn't it basically much, free? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Used to, you know, if you like, I remember always hearing the story back in the 40s and 50s. When, whenever it was time to have your kid, you just brought the doctor 50 bucks and a hog. Yeah. You know, that, that is what universal health care should be. Yeah, well, today you'd have to bring him 50 bucks and about <laughs> a hog a week for the rest <laughs> the of their first, life. <laughs> you have to bring him 50 bucks and the first kid they delivered. That's right. Yeah. Hey, you can have this one back. We'll take this one home with us. Yeah, <laughs> literally your firstborn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a story on um, out of uh, on AgWeb, and this is kind of shows you where where uh, China is headed at, and and what the demand for pork is, and then with the overall amount of pork that is not available right now. That this the headline is dog and rabbit meat back in the menu of Chinese rural communities. So. Um, and then further down the line, they were talking about pork rationing and how that might cause a bit. They're afraid that might cause some some uh, uh, unrest amongst the people of China. So, could you here, here in the U.S. Could you imagine? You know, you used to eating beef and chicken and pork and everything else, and then you go to the grocery store and you you get a choice of between uh, flat-eared rabbit and and the neighbor's dog. Take your pick. I mean, I, I think that probably would get people fired up pretty good. <laughs> How do you think you would take your rabbit? Um, like I'm, medium or what? You know, I've had rabbit like in a crock pot. My grandma used to make rabbit that way. Um, you, you know. literally had rabbit stew like from the nursery rhyme or whatever it was? Um, yeah, it was like, you know, like put uh, my grandma would would, uh, would make rabbits and it was good. I mean, I, it was good. It tasted good. I, um, I didn't know you grew up in the Depression, Casey. I thought you were younger than that. <laughs> my uh, you did, you my did grandparents hear the did. Stories. <clears throat> well, yeah. You did hear of the stories. In the, I don't know if you did. The Texas Panhandle, they had the rabbit roundups. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Had the free, dude, that's legit. That's legit medieval because they would literally round them up in a, like in a livestock pen and beat them with a freaking baseball slugger. Bat. Yeah. I, I think mean, I think more the, of that might have had to do with the fact that they were just pissed off, and it was a good is a good stress <laughs> reliever than anything else. They got something out, they got some food out of the end of it, but it was at the end of the day, I think it was more just like I hate my life. I'm gonna take it out on this <laughs> rabbit. That and they knew there was no a hole sitting on the sidelines, uh, filming them with their uh, eye yeah. phone. Yeah. Oh man, that would can you imagine that would trend for weeks? Yeah. Could you rabbit, imagine someone rabbit, in PETA? Rabbit. Running their mouth in the 30s about 
<laughs> Killing rabbits. <laughs> I'm, I'm betting they probably would have been thrown in the ring as well. Yeah, they might have found their way into a hog pen. And, and yeah, enjoyed yeah. enjoyed the view from the from the floor there. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, this uh, the story. Yeah, they've got. So is this uh, the picture on Agweb here? Is that is that dog hanging or is that rabbit? That's got to be. Yeah, you know, I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not real familiar with with the uh, what dog looks like, <laughs> and and I, I don't think that's rabbit by any means, but. It looks an awful lot like beef to me, just because of the size of the uh, yeah. of the, the, yeah, the amount of meat that's hanging there. But um, if that's a dog uh, fillet of some sort hanging up there, a dog porterhouse yeah. or whatever hanging up, that's a hell of a dog. That they they, they picked a good one. I would think they w- it would go from the porterhouse to the dog house, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and that's got to yeah. be like basset hound or something because that's pretty fleshy. Pretty fleshy, yeah. I would, yeah. I would say it's a. It's also a dog that probably just laid around a lot and kind of yeah, got, that's true. They kind of fattened it up that way, but some kind of lazy dog, yeah. You know, like I said at the state fair, there was not a shortage of of pork there because everything is wrapped in bacon. Oh yeah, everything is wrapped in bacon at the state fair. So, yeah. Fried Twinkies Steak. wrapped in bacon. I mean, it's all good stuff. <laughs> it's fried to a deep fried Oreos, which yeah. is overrated, you know. Pretty soon, it's just batter on top of something that's usually good by itself. So, yeah. The thing about the good I, thing about the state fair is that when you go there, that no matter what you eat, it's about twelve hundred calories. So, yeah, it's you're, well, you can bulk up good. It's almost carbon neutral though, because you end up walking about ten miles. So, you know, that's I don't true. really, I really didn't feel bad. Well, I mean, I did. Like, I literally did feel bad, but not emotionally. Right. What's your yeah. favorite thing to get at the state fair? So I got. I uh, of course they had I don't know if you they had the famous Fletcher's corn dogs and um, okay. the first day we got there I didn't know what it was all about and I walked up and there was this line and it was literally probably I don't know quarter mile long but I mean they moved fast I'm like what in the hell is that for and it's for it was for these corn dogs and the, uh, Joanna my wife she's like oh yeah they're the best they're the best corn dogs ever it's like there ain't nothing that good to stand in line for that. I don't care if Kate Upton's over there giving free motorboat ride. I'm not standing in line. Anyway, well, anyway, let's so be honest. I'm like, I might wait till the. Let's be honest here. Let's not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> anyway, the, how are you gonna? How are you gonna tag this, uh, uh, Casey? Uh, I don't know yet. A lot of, lot of, lot of ways. A lot of ways to go with this motorboat. one so far. <laughs> Motorboat, motor water sports. <laughs> um, anyway, I've lost my train of thought. So I was like, well, maybe I'll come back when um, the line's not as bad. So I did. I came back there the next day, and I got there at about 11.15, 11.30. And I got in line, and it was still – I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't very deep. But anyway, I got in there, and I got a corn dog. I'm like, yeah, it was probably the best corn dog I've ever had. But, I mean, what's the best corn dog you've ever had right. compared to the best steak you've ever had? That's right. like the – what did I say the other day? About oh yeah about tacos how overrated they are it's like I've never said this is an amazing taco it's a taco right so the answer to your question is the ice cream okay and it wasn't even at the it wasn't even at the fair it was at the concession stand at the at the livestock stands or at the um, at the, at the stalls yeah so um, and the ice cream at the livestock stalls was literally fifty percent it was only ten dollars a scoop versus uh, out in the fair. Like, I don't know. I mean, you literally can't go into the fair. And of course, you got to buy the coupons. So that way, they make sure they get your tickets, or right. your money. 
because mm-hmm. I came home with like a sheet of tickets which was worth like 10 bucks. But you can't go in there without $100 and expecting to give your girlfriend a good time. So That's true. Yeah, it's, we rode, it's expensive to go. We rode the Ferris wheel. I'm the biggest Ferris wheel in the country, you know. And mm-hmm. and uh, they even have, I mean, a lot of it's, the stuff is permanent. Like they have an aquarium there and that Ferris wheel, I mean, they don't ever take it down. But And the kids got to pet the stingrays and... Anyway, it's and then they had these massive buildings of uh, every brand new like 2020 model car coming out, and I mean it was pretty legit. The boys got inside of the 2020 Jaguar sports car. I mean it was pretty awesome. I mean they finally I don't know who liked Jaguars until like now because God I always thought they were ugly as hell. So um, they got the that Jaguar. Course, yeah, you know, the new Jaguar is pretty is pretty sweet. Yeah. So uh, did that and. Um, burn some of those calories off yeah my favorite thing is turkey legs you know i had one one time and yeah, i guess it was favorite. okay i don't know why either i mean do you coat it in mustard or no i just bear i just back it? eat it yeah straight up bear back it <clears throat> grip and rip yeah. you know what i mean jerk yeah that's right yeah that's right the jer- the old jamaican jerk <laughs> so, uh, it's it's uh for whatever reason i mean it's it's turkey you know what i mean so it's not yeah. like it's an amazing piece of me yeah but something about just having that turkey leg and say it not not only is it not only is it you know a meal but it's also a club so if something gets out of hand you know you can beat someone in the head with it (laughs) you're walking around like fred flink and flintstone (laughs) who wants some like there go yeah there goes casey he's going back to his car with no floor (laughs) in it so he can drive home walk around that thing and so i keep telling myself i hope nothing goes crazy before i uh before I eat all this, that way I have a still have a club in my hand as I walk <laughs> walk around the, the area here. But and yeah, if you eat it in less than if you eat it less than five minutes, they give you a free bow and arrow. So yeah, yeah. you can go find your next one. It's kind of like the old ninety sixer, you know. You get the uh, if you eat, uh, eat a turkey leg in five minutes, you get the next one free. So it's oh, good stuff. Yeah, the big Texan man, less than an hour. <laughs> oh, right on. Geez. That's awesome. Well, what else you got out there, Brent? That you want to throw out there? Well, well, um, I would like to start a new segment if I can, and this is probably going to go against uh, copyright infringement. But I, only play, I bet I can play 10 seconds and they won't sue us. This is the end of the world as we know it. Damn it. It's not hitting the post. <laughs> what in the hell? You're going to have to edit. <clears throat> So that's probably the trademark as much as I can get in there. So, yeah, this is the end of the world as we know it. As we said earlier, more than 40 million pounds of pork bellies, the cut used for bacon making. Do you ever say that? Do you ever say that when you're trying to get your lady in the mood? I've never hey, even baby. heard that term, More much less to say it. So, yeah. This cut, hey, this cut right here and you're pointing. Mm-hmm. This this cut right here. So what has two, what has two thumbs and has a big cut for bacon making? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> so this the cut used for bacon making. We're we're sitting in refrigerated warehouses, which would make create shrinkage. But we're sitting in refrigerated warehouses as of September 30th, according to U.S. government data. Do you think anybody's still listening at this point? It's hard to say, Brent. I, it's kind of it can go either way. Okay, okay. According to U.S. government data released Tuesday, that's the most for the month since 1971. So since the last time somebody burned a bra that was probably made out of bacon, they've got more pork bellies on hand than ever. 
The overhang came after a buildup in the American hog herd. Pork output surged over the summer months and through September, said uh, Joe Mama, senior account executive at Archer Financial Services. Bellies have seen a magnifi- magnified inventory increase because demand is mostly domestic, unlike cuts such as ham, for which overseas buying can help reduce reserves. And in a synonymous story that we mentioned, as the price of pork surges across China due to supply shortages, I said shortages, shortages caused by outbreaks of African swine fever, more and more rural com- uh, communities are putting dog and rabbit meat back on the menu. Did you hear what I just said? There are 40 million pounds of pork bellies in storage. Other story. More rural communities are putting dog and rabbit meat back on the menu due to supply shortages. Where is the problem there, Casey? Yeah, well, that's, that's, right. that's what happens. <clears throat> that's what happens when you have a trade war. There yeah. is a China is not going to come buy anything from us until they have to. That's why they keep jumping in and buying these huge exports of pork. And then they go away for 30 days and they come back and buy another 100 billion pounds of pork. And then they vanish for a while and then they come back. So I don't know. It's, so, it's so to your, sad. Yeah. So to your to, to the story that you brought up, it says consumers are reluctant to buy pork at the price, which is $10 per kilogram. And more than a go. Consumers are reluctant to buy pork at that price, so supermarkets are promoting rabbit. Prices for rabbit are nearly $2 cheaper than normal at six fifty a kilo. Or is, I guess that's a kilo they're thinking. Yeah, it's a kilo, kilogram. So that'd be basically like buying a, well, a, what, 32-ounce steak here for five bucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, uh, side note, uh, the last day of the fair, we went to um, Texas Day Brazil. Have you been to one of those? Oh, yeah. like a Brazilian restaurant? Brazilian yeah. steakhouse. Yeah. Yep. 50 bucks. Of, I mean, it's an unlimited deal. Right. So we're sitting there, and, you know, they give you those those little uh, coaster things that you flip that tells them that tells the oh, yeah. Puerto, Rican, Puerto yep. Rican guys in the back that you're ready. Right. We, <laughs> we literally flipped them over, and within 10 seconds, these cats were at our ears with a massive skewer of meat and a machete. They just got through chopping down half the forest with. I thought these guys were gonna like night give us knighthood. Or, yeah, they were literally within there within seconds yeah. with a sharp knife right next to my eardrum. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, but it, it was fifty, but it was pretty fancy. I mean, it was good. Yeah. Those, I, there wasn't any rabbit on the skewers. There wasn't no rabbit. How about dog? Do you have any dog no. on there? No, just lamb, pork. And, I mean, the three biggies. All right, lamb, pork. Those those places are awesome because when you walk in there, it, it is a, a keto friendly diet for sure. Because they oh, don't yeah. they don't uh, there's not a whole lot of vegetables laying around, but there are piles of meat. Piles and piles. it's like Ron Swanson's wet dream. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So so it says prices for rabbit are nearly two dollars cheaper than normal at six fifty a kilogram. So like, how many cottontails would it take to make a kilogram? I mean, oh, it's only two point two pounds. Cottontails. You take the fur and the tail off. What a few ounces? Actually, <laughs> after you flay it out wise. and everything else, I mean, I bet you don't have. Yeah, you. Fl- I bet you don't have half a pound of meat on a on a on a rabbit. No, uh-uh. I mean, you got a nice you know purse, but unless you have those Kim Jong um, ill <laughs> fifty pound rabbits that he decided to eat for himself. Those <laughs> <laughs> Willy Wonka sized yeah. rabbits he's got. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway. 
Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's so meanwhile, stuff. in some rural areas, pork is nearly impossible to find as many pig farmers are not able to stay in business. It's not only expensive, but it's also hard to purchase pork meat in rural villages, <laughs> says somebody that I can't pronounce their name. So yeah, we've got two stories released almost on the same day saying the exact opposite problems. Yep. Too much and too little. Yeah, you think they'd figure that out, but I guess they can't. Yeah. So, yeah. Good well, stuff. Make make dog meat great again, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Bring it back, baby. Bring it back. Pretty, pretty, pretty good stuff, man. All right, Brent. Well, I think we solved the world's problems one more time here on a Wednesday on the Wednesday show. So, any last thoughts you want to throw out there before we shut it down? Support your local state fair and um, get a penicillin shot before you go. Right on. All right, Brent. Take care of yourself. Talk again next week. All right, man. We'll see you. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.